0: Hello, and welcome to Ask Deb About Business. I'm Rom Gaioso, co-host. We are broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're listening to the show via podcast or watching us on TV, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our YouTube channel, and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com. So don't be shy. Well, today our topic is innovative growth strategies that catapult business performance. When businesses develop their business strategies, often they jump right into the development of that plan, missing key learnings from collecting, and analyzing business information that would have put them on the right path. And that is the point. You want to be on the right path, ensuring you have the right focus on your people, your internal operations, your value proposition and your customers. And because it takes this kind of focus to drive improved business performance, only then can you drive the financial results for your business that are truly transformation. And today, we're here to learn some innovative growth strategies that can drive your business performance. Some strategies may be familiar, and some may be new to you. But first, let me say a few words about the show. Broadcasting live from Butterfield Studio in Chicago, Chicagoland to the world, I'd like to welcome you to Ask Deb About Business. The talk show is broadcast every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, where I join Deb Dietz to discuss a variety of business topics. Today, we're discussing how to catapult your business performance. Why is this important? Because it's critical to identify where you're headed and roadmap how to get there, knowing there will be mishaps along the way, opportunities to take advantage of, challenges to address, and barriers to overcome. There's a lot of doing this right, but uh, worry no more. Now you have someone to talk to. Let me say a few words about Deb All righty. so Deb has a long and distinguished career as a coach, mentor, and through her awesome training programs at SMB Digital Education, She has enabled many entrepreneurs to follow their dreams. And that's what I like about her, her ability to deliver practical advice to help you solve real problems. If you have a business question, well, let's ask Deb. And without further ado, let's welcome Deb Dietz to the show. Hi, Deb. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Ron. Great to see you today.
0: How wonderful to see you.
1: You know, Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm very excited about our show. We're going to be showcasing six key strategies that can have a transformational impact on the financial health and growth of your business. So we're going to share some short term strategies as well as some longer term strategies that will help you take your business well into the future. And after all, our show is on Futures Television, right, Ron?
0: (laughs) That sounds great, Deb. So, well, all righty, Uh, let's get going. So, uh, Deb, uh, not long ago, you shared with me a story, uh, your perspective about the importance of using data and business intelligence uh, to inform business strategy. So let's start our conversation with you sharing that story, and you refer to it as the (laughs) diet pepsi story yes
1: it, it absolutely um you know interesting story that really kind of positions us for our discussion today um, how diet pepsi arrived on my doorstep and I want to share the story because it really showcases the importance of gathering and analyzing information and extracting insights out of that, those data sets to help you develop your business strategy. And so the story begins uh, many years ago and I was actually uh, driving home from work one day and I pulled into my driveway and on my front porch was a 12-pack sleeve of Diet Pepsi. And this was, you know, before it was very common for people to order, uh, you know, products and groceries online, as an example. So it was kind of an anomaly that this this case of Diet Pepsi was on my doorstep. And I opened up the garage, took it in, put it on a shelf, and I really didn't think anything more about it. Just, you know, thought, oh, this is interesting. I don't know how it got here. Um, but then a couple of weeks later, I was sitting in my office at work, and at the time, My job was uh, head of database marketing for R.R. Donnelly. And R.R. Donnelly was a commercial printer and digital marketing company. And my team was responsible for creating the surveys that we used to gather consumer information. And so because R.R. Donnelly uh, published magazines like McCall, McCall's, Better Homes and Gardens, Good Housekeeping as an example, we would take our consumer surveys that uh, we asked lots of questions about consumers, buying preferences, their behaviors, their attitudes, and we would take these surveys, millions of them, paper surveys, and bind them into the magazines that would then go out into the world. And so it was a great way of collecting data about consumers. So as part of my work uh, in database marketing for Donnelly, at the time we were very focused on demographic information, what we knew about consumers and what we knew about businesses. Uh, And so, for example, in the demographic information, we would know know about people's, you know, their age, we would know their street address, we would know what census tract they lived in, as an example, but we really didn't know a lot about their, their buying behaviors or their brand preferences. So the survey was a mechanism we used to collect data. And so what happened was that I had personally completed one of my own surveys, and I had recorded all of my preferences, you know, the types of products that I used uh, within my household. And then, and what happened is because I literally marked that I was a a Coca-Cola product purchaser, Pepsi-Cola ultimately bought the list that included my name as competitive product purchasers. And they were, they were targeting me for for PepsiCo products. So they literally sent me a sample that arrived on my doorstep. And it took me a couple of weeks to to get it and to understand that I was actually the one that was responsible for that arriving on my doorstep. That because I actually put that information on a paper survey that was then we gathered and collected that information. And then that information was used and targeted by, by PepsiCo Um, I then was on that list and was a targeted prospect. So I just wanted to share that as, you know, the the importance of data, collecting data, gathering it, analyzing it, and then actually making those data sets work for you to craft business strategy.
0: Okay, so it seems like uh, your uh, point number one is about leveraging business intelligence and uh, data analytics, right? So uh, can you say a few more words about, you know, internal and external data points
1: you know abs- absolutely. absolutely um, you know this is uh, such an interesting time that right now there are many organizations are really focused um, on internal data sets you know they're very comfortable looking at uh, the what I refer to as the four walls of their business right so they're they're looking at things like their financials uh, that you know their use of technology their operations, and they're, you know, and, and they're people and they're managing their business with that, that internal lens. And so one of the things that we advocate for is certainly that's critically important, but where there's an opportunity to be able to catapult your performance is by literally looking outside of your four walls and looking externally and gathering information that can help you um, identify opportunities for growth but also help you identify opportunities to mitigate risk. So external forces would be things like you know your competition, your mar- the market conditions, uh, the industry that you're serving. If you're if you're a, in, in an industry that's government regulated, as an example, what's going on in the economy, what's happening within your supplier base, and because all of these external inputs are critically important for you to craft business strategy, and so you know so that's something that's also very important is not to look just internally. And it's interesting when I talk about things like competitive analysis, people you know will always say, well, we know what our competition is is doing, where we have a handle on that. And what we find is certainly over the last couple of years with what with what has happened uh, in our world, that, you know, that's not necessarily what, what we knew about our competitors before may not necessarily uh, be what we need to know now or how they're behaving now. So gathering that information, that competitive intelligence, looking at it and then understanding how you how you you maintain your relevancy, your differentiating uh, abilities with the products and services that you offer become more and more important.
0: Okay, so let's talk about something else. So, you know, what about a review of your value proposition? You know, so how can small firms invest in their value to their customers in both the short and the long term and do both on limited operating budgets?
1: You know, that's, that is such a great question. You know, I come from a corporate environment, certainly earlier in my career, where operating budgets were very robust, you know, for certainly for small to mid-sized businesses, you know, they may not have that luxury. And so it becomes a critically important to find ways to generate growth with your existing products and services uh, while you're also looking for ways to innovate and create new value but I want to talk a little bit initially here about uh, working with your existing products and services and so one of the one of the, the uh, activities that we that we engage in is something called a product portfolio review where you're looking for ways of generating growth, uh, in the short term with your current portfolio of services. And so what we, what we advocate for is an exercise that we call the, uh, developing a product portfolio map. And it's basically a grid of, you know, four quadrant grid where on the X axis, you've got your sales uh, information and on the Y axis, you've got your margin information. And so typically we'll go back maybe three years historically Uh, We go back now about five years because of what's happened in the anomalies in business over the last couple of years. So go back five years and plot your products uh, and services on the product map based upon how your sales are trending and how your margin is trending. With the thinking being that you need to really have an understanding of what your return on investment is for your portfolio so for example if you've got products in the invest and grow quadrant that would signify that that those products in that quadrant are seeing are where margin is increasing but sales is decreasing and so you want to say okay these are our most highly profitable products granted sales are decreasing and we can certainly address and create a strategy for those products but your margin is very healthy so you want to continue to invest and grow in the products that are in that invest and grow quadrant you also may have products in the maintain quadrant which basically says you've got high margin and high sales trending over time and this is your sweet spot this is these are products and services That are really generating a positive return on investment and then conversely you may have products or services that are in the exit quadrant those products that are where sales are decreasing and margin is decreasing and then you have to kind of look at that and say why and ask yourself the question why are we investing here because this is not providing a financial return yet we have we're experiencing a lot of cost because we've got people that are working on promoting these products and services. We're certainly at processes to fulfill orders, as an example. So there are costs associated with the products in that quadrant that if you'd made the decision to no longer offer those products, you would have additional resources that you could redeploy elsewhere.
0: So uh, let me recap. Our growth strategy number two is analyze your value proposition by conducting a product portfolio review Is that what exactly
1: exactly and do and do the math you know you you be surprised when you when you add up your human resources that are focused on products in that in, you know exit quadrant for example and then you look at the the operating cost uh for those products and you add that all up that that becomes savings for you uh found resources if you will that then you can re- redeploy
0: Okay, let's talk about something else. So, you know, um, we hear often uh, about how businesses need to innovate, right, to develop new products and new services. So what does that process look like? And, and how do you determine which ideas are really worthy of investment?
1: Again, great question. A lot of, uh, kind of the starting point when you're looking at where you should be innovating is through you know the, the data and research that we just talked about, looking at that, you know, taking in those external forces those insights in to, to identify opportunities and ideas for new products or services, You know where you want to uh, invest in future, uh, the f- future growth of your business. And so a great way to do that is, is take these insights from your research and come up with new product ideas that, of course, they're not all created equal. So you'll have to vet them and go through this you know, scoping exercise to determine their viability, kind of vet those ideas. And then you have to go through that development process of scoping the idea, making the decision if you're going to move forward uh, or not, sort of so that go no go decision point. Uh, then you have, then if you decide to go, move into the development uh, phase, develop the products, test them, launch them, and so just that process alo- alone is a is a lengthy process. So the thinking being is. You know, you you need to be working in parallel with your short-term strategy of portfolio management while you're simultaneously working on innovating and developing new products that will drive future revenue.
0: Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, growth strategy. Number three is to innovate and develop new products and services. So basically new value for your customers, which earns new revenue for the business, right?
1: Exactly. So and then they work in parallel. And so they're not consecutive. So so when you're doing your portfolio analysis, you're 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 finding savings by doing that exercise. So when you then and, and while you're also identifying where you're going to be, how you're going to be innovating, you have now have the ability to reallocate those operating budget dollars and your people towards those new, maybe longer term uh, products uh, that need that development cycle time to bring to market.
0: Wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about marketing and strategy. So uh, how important is developing an integrated marketing and brand platform as part of your business strategy?
1: You know, know, great question. And, and of course, marketing, promotion, branding is so critically important in order to communicate, you know, your value to your to your marketplace, to your ideal customers. And so the the starting point to do this is really is really going and looking at the pillars of your brand and a great way to think about your brand pillars as your starting point is you know, your vision, your mission of your organization, your core values, you know, what's your reason for being, which is, you know, who you are as an organization, and that's your starting point. And from that, you're looking at the value that is to your customers. And so by going through the, you know, the research and analysis effort, you're going to understand how you can best position your current value and where you need to innovate and create new value. So that then turns into new products and services, your portfolio of value. Then you have to communicate your value uh, to your target audience. And so there are many, many communication channels that you can leverage. And I would say this that, that is another great piece of information is that you know, 80% of all business to business sales transactions, Right now, are occurring in digital channels. So you have to leverage every digital channel that is available to you. And now we we recently did a show, Ram, you and I, about TikTok for business. And so that's just one of many, uh, you know, online platforms that you can leverage to communicate your value message to your target audience.
0: Wonderful. So, growth strategy number four is integrated marketing and brand platform, yes?
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, and looking at it, you can look at it from an inside out or an outside in point of view. And sort of the, the, uh, the inside out point of view is start with your brand pillars, get clarity on your vision, your mission, your core values, um, clarity on your value proposition, which you will have by going through the mapping exercise and the new product development process. You know, identifying all the channels that are available to you, certainly your online channels, but also how, you know, your strategic partners, your alliances, your channel partners, you know, then your messaging, which is important, ultimately reaching your target audience. And then you can kind of flip it the other way and say, start by understanding your target customers and and back into what your, what communication channels are relevant what value is relevant to, to to those specific target audience customers, and then back into what you know how to talk about your value? And so there's kind of that two ways of looking at it. And if you think about it those basically those five uh, pieces of the puzzle, you if you do that well, that is your marketing strategy.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about audiences because you you mentioned audiences in there or, or customers And Often businesses treat their customers as if they are all the same or, you know, homogeneous, right. but they really are not. Uh, how important are these differences in aligning value?
1: It's critically important. And that is actually a great exercise to go through is, is being able to have a very a solid uh, profile of your current customer base, because not all customers are created equal. And so when you're building a business strategy, a growth-driven business strategy, you have to have a clear understanding of the different types of customers that you're serving. They are not all alike. They do not always value the same thing. They purchase different products. So you have to be able to lay this out so that you have effective strategies for each Class of customer, um, and so one of the tools that we use to do that is a as a market segment or a customer segmentation matrix, where we're literally again back to kind of our x axis and y axis. We're going through an exercise of of looking at our different customers, and they will go across a, a matrix uh, along the x axis, and along the y axis are all the data sets or variables. That we've now gained by doing research and data and analysis, gathering that business intelligence. So it's a way of of pulling the insights out of the data to make that those insights and integrate them into your, and create your strategy. You know, and it's really an interesting process, and it's something that I've done this kind of work for many years. And 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 so what I find is that you know organizations may. I ideally, do market research, competitive intelligence research, market sizing research, as an example, to understand the and quantify the opportunities for growth. But there is a disconnect because now all of a sudden you have access to all this data. But how how can you make it? Uh, how how can you work with it? How can you make it manageable? And so a way to do that is by going through and building a segmentation matrix. So you're literally going through your the learnings from your research and you're extracting out those key learnings that could identify, oh, here's an opportunity to innovate. Here's an opportunity to message more effectively. And and by doing this type of work, building a matrix like this, you're actually building your SWOT analysis because you're getting clarity on where you're hitting the mark with your business strategy and where there are gaps. That then lends itself to, here's a better way to position and promote our our current products, we're, we're finding we're missing opportunities or we're missing a competitive advantage in the marketplace because we're, we're not innovating where we should. So building a segmentation matrix like this, I actually refer to it as a research bridge because it is it is literally that effort. You are building a bridge between data and strategy. And I, and I came up with this proprietary system to do this because people can get overwhelmed with with data and you have to be able to cull through it and pick those components of the of data that are meaningful that can then inform the creation of your plan.
0: And I guess that's the real challenge. We are all swimming in this uh, ocean of data. <laughs> so it's very hard to extract exactly what is, what's really meaningful. So if I understood correctly, what you're saying is growth strategy number five is market segmentation.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And just remember that, you know, develop the first step for that is developing your current customer profile. And again, because I I do this often with clients and, and there's an assumption made that they have a good understanding of their customers, who they are, what they value. And I would just suggest that if you haven't done that kind of profile analysis in a while, this might be a good time to do it again.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about planning. Okay, so I've seen many businesses develop strategic business plans and, you know, those plans collect dust in a file cabinet (laughs) and and no one looks at them or they look at them once in a while or once when they were created or developed. Is there a better way to plan for your business and measure performance? So what would be your your advice?
1: Uh, You know, I I love this and and I'll tell you, I, 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 I have been guilty of being one of many. Who have developed business plans that are in binders with beautiful graphics and schematic diagrams and long narratives that sit in file cabinets and collect dust. And I've built them many of them in my career, but there is a better way. And so one of the, one of the um, solutions that we find that is most meaningful to manage performance is to develop a scorecard and plan for your business from an enterprise perspective. And many organizations, even those that I work with, my clients will be very focused on the financial components of their business plan. Of course, that makes perfect sense managing, you know, planning from a financial point of view. But you really need to be planning, I refer to it as a 360 degree view of your business. So you're planning at the financial level, certainly, but you're also planning at the customer level, meaning you need to have clarity about your products, your services, your your value uh, portfolio, making sure that you're aligning that value to your customers appropriately, so they'll see the economic value of your products, and 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 that will drive sales. So you have to have that perspective. You also have to look at planning from an internal process and operations point of view, because you need to make sure that you're able to deliver you know, service quality, you know, workflow efficiencies, you know, improving your operational processes uh, in order to deliver uh, and serve those customers with those products and services. And then ultimately recognizing that you can't do any of this without your employees. So making sure that you're planning also at the employee level, making sure you've got the right people with the right skill sets and the right talents and so the thinking here is that often business strategy is built from the top down from a financial point of view and, and you know, and, and pushed down into the organization. Maybe it's developed at the at the leadership level and pushed down. And one of the ways that we find to be more meaningful than that is if you look at it from a bottom up, planning point of view, where the thinking being, if you've got those right people doing the right work with the right, you know, skills and talents, the right tools that, and that there's accountability driven into their, to their performance, you've got the right internal processes and operations in place. So you're maximizing efficiencies and, you know, and reducing cost. You've got the right focus on your customers that those three perspectives will drive the financials of your organization so it's a way of planning from a bottom-up point of view instead of a top down point of view
0: all right so if i understand correctly what you're saying is performance management is growth strategy number six
1: Absolutely. And you can use a tool. One of the tools we love to work with is the balanced scorecard. We oh, yeah. use that template that really lines out, you know, what the key objectives are for each of those four perspectives, what your KPIs need to be, the key initiatives, the key work. And another uh, really valuable way of when you're using a scorecard like this, is that you're able because your employees are critical to the survival um, of your business and your ability to achieve the results that you're planning for, and so when you're when you find that you have employees who are grounded in the scorecard and they know exactly how their work matters, how the work when they come into work every day and they do their job, what their how that work translates to the business objectives. And so, what we find is, it's using a tool like this, certainly even at the employee level, making sure each employee has a copy of the scorecard, they see their value to the organization. They see why they matter. So it and it becomes very clear about how important they are, and it also, you know, it helps to drive accountability uh, as it relates to performance management.
0: Wonderful. So I think it's important for the audience that uh, we. Um... Recap and summarize uh, what you just said, so you talk about the uh, six uh, different growth strategies i'm going to just basically uh, briefly go over them one more time so growth strategy number one is leverage business intelligence and data analytics internal forces external factors
1: exactly and let me this one is the 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 most important one of all which is why it's number one is that you need to do this before you can really uh do the other five uh strategies so it's all about collecting gathering and analyzing information within the four walls of your business and externally
0: okay so growth strategy number two is analyze your value proposition Savings from existing portfolio to fund new innovation.
1: Exactly. And a, and a key point here that I want to make is just a recap is the the portfolio uh, review process, developing that product map that will help you identify short term uh, opportunities for growth. So that's that's literally helps you identify new markets for your existing portfolio. And also helps you take cost out of the process by eliminating those products that are not providing that return that you need.
0: Okay, so growth strategy number three is innovate, innovate, and innovate. So uh, create new products and services. Use a tool like the gate new product development methodology for go, no go, and for investment prioritization
1: absolutely you know there are great ideas out there the data is going to, is going to you know show you where opportunities lie for your organization they're not all created equal so go through the exercise of being able to you know to scope and validate those ideas so that you can prioritize so you know where you need to be making investments and you may have a very long list of opportunities to innovate Um, And, uh, of course, you can't do them all necessarily um, in a short period of time, but pick two or three uh, that you can start with now and make sure that you're thinking of the future and planning for the future while you're focusing on the short term. You have to do both working in parallel.
0: Okay, so growth strategy number four, integrated marketing and brand platform, brand pillars, value, communication channels, messaging and target audience so a marketing plan on a page basically
1: Marketing plan on a page uh literally your you know your brand pillars mission vision core values you know you know look about you know you've got clarity on your value proposition what your customers what they value what they will pay for um your communication channels you have many digital options available to you you know leverage leverage them all uh, and, uh, and then also make sure your messaging is on point. You only have a very short period of time. For example, and in, in Ramu, you and I talked about this in one of our earlier shows about TikTok. You have a very, very short you know, time period where you can get your message across. So it's got to be impactful. It's got to be very short and quick and on point. So uh, value messaging is critically important and making sure that you're targeting the appropriate audience.
0: Okay, so growth strategy number five is market segmentation. Use a tool like the Research Bridge to translate data into strategic insights. You
1: know, th- and this is this is probably, you know, there's a lot of work that comes with doing this, but it is incredibly powerful. And, and and it's a way of of literally extracting, going through your data sets and saying, okay, here's something that's meaningful that's addressing either my financial my customer, my operations, or my people. And if you if you build your research bridge with those four planning perspectives in mind, it's going to set you up for success.
0: And growth strategy number six, performance management. Use a tool like the balance scorecard template.
1: Absolutely. You know, look at, you know, plan for your business uh, enterprise-wide. Look at, you know, plan for your people, plan for your operations, plan for your customers, those three perspectives will drive your financials.
0: Well, this was uh, such a good list. You know, at a minimum, I hope everyone can in, take away one new strategy to work on for their business. So, you know, Deb, this has been such a great conversation.
1: Thank you, Ron. You know, and, and again, number one, it's, it's about number one. It's about gathering, collecting, analyzing information and translating it into business intelligence. Um, Without doing that, you won't be able to catapult your performance. So it's ab- so number one is absolutely critical, which is why it's number one.
0: Well, I hear that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we hope you learned something new today. Uh, you know, Tell us by sharing your comments and let us know the location where you're watching the show. We are broadcasting all over the world. So we would love to hear from you. And uh, thank you so very much for... Uh, Joining us today, I would like to say a few words about our upcoming shows. All righty, so on June 2nd at 11 a.m. Central, our guest is Meredith Grandi discussing her work, uh, how to become a more confident speaker. On June 16th at 11 a.m. Central, our guest is Nicole Martin discussing her work, building for the future amidst the talent emergency. On June 30th at eleven AM Central, our guest is George Sullivan, discussing his work with carbon neutrality and climate change, sustainability, why you and your business should care, and steps you can take. On july fourteenth at eleven AM Central, our guest is Sweden Zone, Katarina Hansens-Carlson, discussing her work, Are We Truly Preparing Our Children for the Future? Well, uh, again, folks, thank you uh, very much uh, for your being here with Deb and me. Uh, Remember, uh, if you're watching this show on Futures Television as a podcast or as a recorded event on one of the social media platforms, you too can be part of the conversation. Watch for the links on this video so you can continue the conversation on our YouTube channel, and that is, again, IMCI Magazine. And I hope to see you again on June 2nd for another episode of Ask Deb About Business with our guest, Meredith Grandi. So I will leave you with our institutional message. Thank you. (music)